For too long, history lessons have glossed over the truly essential contributions women have made to history. That's where Encyclopedia Womanica comes in. And if you love Brave Not Perfect, I have a feeling you'll love this show too. Encyclopedia Womanica from Wonder Media Network aims to change the narrative by introducing the pioneers, scientists, chefs, and more from the past to today who have shaped our society. Every weekday, host Jenny Kaplan dives into the trials, tragedies, and triumphs of this diverse group of groundbreaking women. And each episode is only five minutes long. The bite-sized episodes pack painstakingly researched content into fun, entertaining, and addictive daily adventures. You may or may not already know these women, but you definitely should. Subscribe to Encyclopedia Womanica wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Reshma. Welcome to Brave Not Perfect, the podcast where we break away from the cult of perfection to live bolder, braver, and happier lives. And for the first episode of 2021, I want to say congratulations. You made it through a really hard year, and I'm proud of you and of the bravery it took to get here. I know this year has already been hard and started with an attempted coup by white supremacists at the United States Capitol, incited by President Donald Trump. The overtaking of our nation's capital went largely unchecked by law enforcement, and it was a stark contrast to the unprovoked violence from police at peaceful Black Lives Matter protests. This disparity is no surprise. It is white supremacy at work. We must continue to commit to fighting against it and work to realize a better future for our country. In the show notes for this episode, I'm putting in a link to donate to Black Lives Matter and bail funds across the country. In addition to donating money to these important causes, I also encourage you to demand change from our lawmakers, engage in mutual aid efforts, and get involved in anti-racist groups and actions in your community. As you're doing this important work, please take care of yourself, your community, and your loved ones. Now today, on Brave Not Perfect, we're talking about being brave about money. It's something I struggle with. Usually, I just want to pass all the financial stuff to Nahal, my husband. It seems kind of complicated and overwhelming. But as my guest Tanya Rapley explains, it's something you can learn and take control of for yourself. She's the founder of MyFab Finance, and the new year is a perfect time to get your finances figured out. Tanya has been named the new face of wealth building by Black Enterprise Magazine and was selected as a modern history maker by TV One. She's passionate about helping people break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck so that they can become financially free and do more of what they love. I learned so much from our conversation and I'm excited to share it with you right now. So I want to talk to you about MyFab Finance. Like, why'd you create it? How'd you create it? Tell me everything. Yeah, I created MyFab Finance because, you know, after I graduated from college, I had moved to New York City and I just 
envisioned that I was going to live this type of life when I graduated from college that did not happen um, upon graduation. (laughs) And I felt like I had done everything right and things just weren't clicking for me financially. And I wasn't living the life that I I dreamed I would live um, as a result of getting my degree. And I was working with low income women and I was doing work with them around personal finance. And I was like, wait a minute, you're organizing these workshops and you don't have your finances together, sis. Like you, you, you could use this workshop. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to be proactive about my finances. And I started researching the different tools and companies out there to help me. And I couldn't afford them. And so I ended up going and checking a few books out from the library. And I was like, I'm just going to figure this out myself. And in order to add that layer of accountability that I didn't have um, in working with a company or an advisor of anything of that nature, I decided to start a blog. And I was like, you know, the, the my community of people who read this blog are going to hold me accountable for doing what I said I would do with my money. And that was 2013. And here we are today. And it's still going strong and evolving and is now a resource for thousands of women. So when you were, when you say that you were struggling with your finances, what do you mean by that? So like, I know for me, like, I think because I had so much student loan debt, like I always had anxiety, I have anxiety around money. Like when when my bills come, like I don't, I let them sit for a little bit. Like I don't want to open them. <laughs> Just do a little you bit. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) like so what was that for you for me it was just avoidance and um not even for me it wasn't even like necessarily having the money to pay bills you know um and it was avoidance it was just like wow my credit is, is just bad I just have bad credit that's what it is or it was you know no I don't have any money in savings and I probably won't be able to do anything like invest or anything like that because I'm barely paying my rent And so I literally was living paycheck to paycheck. I was on food stamps because I was working as an AmeriCorps employee. So I was making about $13,000 a year living in New York City. And I was at the whim of, you know, who would rent to people with less than perfect credit profiles or finding roommates who would allow me to move in without that. And I felt like I was living below the financial system because I was afraid of submitting my financials for review. Um, I didn't even have health care. I didn't have any money in savings. So forget retirement. I just didn't have any money in savings. And so if an emergency happened, you know, I had to call the bank of mom and dad. I was not independent. And I just was not the woman I thought I would be at that point of my life. And that's when I decided it was time to do something about that because working with low income women and working with individuals who were in their 60s and 70s and retirement age and all they had was their social security because of the financial decisions they had made in their 20s and 30s, it was really a wake up call to me that if I didn't get myself together and start making better financial decisions and taking control of my financial future, then that was going to be me. So when you started your blog, what what were you trying to do? 
I was trying to get free clothes, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> All I, right. was, I was hoping that because I still like clothes and things. So I was hoping that maybe you know, a Macy's or TJ Maxx would see my blog and sponsor um, free clothes. That was initially. And then I also wanted to document my journey of achieving a 750 credit score by the time I turned 30 years old. So it was very credit focused originally. And, you know, in this line of work, I find that a lot of people kind of start with credit because it's essentially our adult GPA. It's an easy metric to measure. Um, it started with my credit journey. And then when I started learning more about that, I was like, wow, that's not the only part of a, fi- a strong financial foundation. You have to, you know, work on your savings and your investments and stuff like that. So was it hard for you to start? Like when you press post on your first blog, were you, were you scared? Were you freaking out? Tell me what you were feeling. I actually wasn't scared. I was excited. I missed writing. Another reason I started my blog was because I was working in the nonprofit sector. I was doing community organizing work, essentially, but there wasn't a lot of writing and I missed writing. So I was excited that my blog was giving me an opportunity to return to writing. I've Mm. always been an open book and I'm pretty shameless about my story. And so it was more so excitement. If there was any fear, it was the fear over whether or not I would become the type of person that would consistently show up and turn this into something. So you didn't know if this was just something you were doing today and you didn't know if you had the staying power to make it into something bigger. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just going to be, oh, okay, I'll blog for a few months and then lose steam and lose focus and start doing something else. I think that was my biggest fear, that I wouldn't become the person who achieved the goal that they set out for. So you, I know you've talked a lot about like how you don't feel like you're seen in the financial help space. Like, What did you want to bring to that space, that industry that you couldn't find for yourself? Um, relatability, compassion, um, understanding of the African-American experience. You know, culturally, there are just differences, whether you're African-American, Asian-American, Native American. We all have different experiences based on our cultures. And I felt that while the basics were there, they were lacking the cultural relevance that I was seeking. Someone who understands what it's like to be the daughter of the person who's the most successful in their family. So you feel the pressure to be as successful as your parents because your parents are the most successful. Someone whose parents don't understand what it was like to go to college. My parents, neither one of my parents were college educated. They didn't save for my education. My parents thought was, it's your responsibility to pay for your college, not ours. And then also at that time, it was like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, who aren't millennials, weren't starting their careers at the onset of the recession. And that created a very different dynamic because our our earning power was and is still different. We still, as a generation, have not recovered financially from the recession as it pertains to um, our ability to earn income and wages. And so they didn't understand that. Not to talk about them as they're, you know, old or anything of that nature, but it's just a different generation where that generation, you could go work in a factory and, you know, provide a good living for your family. Now you could have two college degrees and still struggle to provide a good living for your family. And so I wanted to speak at it from that perspective. Also from the perspective of someone who lived in New York City, because I felt that a lot of the resources that I was finding were people who lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and Iowa, and these places where you could buy a house for $600 a month. And here I am living in New York City, and you can't even rent a room for that. So I wanted to provide that perspective as well. Yeah, it's so interesting, like, 
the impact that our families often have on the way that we think about finances. Like, you know, my parents came here as immigrants, as refugees. And so my mother would never eat or buy anything unless she had a coupon, you know. And when I used to go, whether it was the Dominic's or Kohl's with her and she'd pull out her coupons, like it used to embarrass me. Really? But now, well, because I felt like it was like, yeah, maybe I was a, I was embarrassed, right, that we needed that coupon. Got you. Um you know, and but now I think about like even when I'm buying something and you have that little discount code online, I then go scroll Google to see like, you know, what coupons there are because she she taught me that really important value. Right. That like every dollar counts, every cent counts. Um but yeah, the culture plays a huge role, the way that we were raised and our parents' relationship with money is really, it's it's very significant. Yeah. And like, why not save money if you can? Yesterday, I was in CVS. And when you walk into CVS, you can print out your coupons before you shop and everything. And I was that person in CVS carrying my long train of CVS coupons, like looking, okay, I can get this. Okay, I can buy this. I get $3 off Pampers. Like I was that person, even though I'm in a place where I'm more financially stable because it's like, why spend money that you don't have to? That money can be allocated elsewhere. Well, and I think I look at my parents and I think everything that they've the reason why they've gone from being people came to this country with $12 in their pockets to folks who have like a home and two cars is because every coupon, every dollar saved, every, they were thoughtful about everything. They never wasted money. And I think for me, I think when you grow up that way, you almost think that somehow like making it is actually being laissez-faire about money, but that's not right. Right. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. how do you think about bravery when it comes to finances? Um, when I think about bravery as it pertains to finances, it is doing the things that make you nervous about your money, whether that's finally facing it, finally getting clear on your debt, checking your bank account balance every morning um, and checking in on your spending. It's doing the things that you have created fear or anxiety around and doing it anyway because it needs to get done. I love that. I think that is so powerful because I think avoidance is actually almost like perfectionism in the way that like if I don't look at it then everything's great and I'm perfect and I'm right and everything you know I got no issue with my money but if I see it that means that I have to deal with it so how did you learn about money like and what do you think what mistakes have you made I learned about money I mean I did learn about money from my parents my parents were in the military my mother and father and so their financial future was completely different from mine they didn't have to worry about retirement but my parents did buy things. They did enjoy like consumer items. My parents were really big on credit because they like to buy things. And so my earliest lessons about money were saving, saving if I wanted to buy something such as, you know, growing up, I was a tomboy. And so I loved like the boy sneakers. That was my thing is I wanted, I didn't want the little frilly pink sneakers. I wanted boy sneakers. And so my mom was like, well, if you want to buy them, if you want them, you need to buy them. You can save your money that you get and you can buy them. So one of my earliest memories is actually going and buying a pair of sneakers with my own money. And so it was saving, but we were, I learned to save to buy things, not necessarily just saving to have it set aside. I didn't realize that that was something that my parents did until much later, actually. And when I ran into issues when I transferred to college and I needed money to pay my tuition that day, and my mom was like, here. I'm putting it in your account. And I was like, whoa, you save? Like, I didn't even know you saved money like that. 
And so I, I learned in that. But also one thing I'm very happy that my parents did for me and my sisters, they required us to work. They did require me to work when I was in high school and there were expectations about work-life balance literally as a high schooler. So I was on the track team and I was an all-state athlete, Um, but I also had a job at the local grocery store that I worked on the weekends and I was expected to still um, maintain my standing in the honor society and take my AP and advanced college courses in high school and perform well while paying for my lunch and my responsibilities and my college applications and everything else, even though my parents could have done it. And so because of that, regardless of how difficult things got, I never missed paying my rent or my financial responsibilities, you know, for my day-to-day expenses. Now I fell behind on debt and things of that nature. But as far as, you know, my rent and, and car payment and so forth of that nature, I didn't fall behind because I learned very early on the importance of taking care of your financial responsibilities before anything else. Yeah, I, I feel you like like getting those like withdrawal fees or late fees. It's like you you were on top of like when things were due and how much you had to pay and like yeah. making sure you got, did that on time. Like if a new pair of shoes, because, you know, I, I'm a sneaker person. And if a new pair of Jordans came out and I went and bought those and didn't put money aside for lunch, then I needed to figure out lunch for the week. And, you know, I remember the first time I did it, my mom and dad were kind of like, Tanya, like, okay, we'll cover this. The second time, my mom was like, no, you know what the consequences are. <laughs> like, and then I, you know, I had to get creative and I had a friend who got a free lunch code. So I'd be like, hey, are you going to be at school today? Can I eat your free lunch? So um, I learned my lesson. So it was also learning, like, no, you cannot buy things at the expense of your needs. So talk to me about what wealth building and what you need to start building wealth. You know, it takes, <laughs> it takes money. <laughs> it takes money to start building wealth. And I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions. I feel like, you know, if you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and so forth, you'll be able to create wealth. But it does take having that extra discretionary income that you can put towards uh, vehicles to work for you. And some people legitimately don't have that because they're so financially tapped. And some people don't have it because of behaviors and they aren't able to put money aside. But it takes an understanding of how to make your money make money. You don't work your way to wealth. You invest your way to wealth, essentially. So you won't become wealthy just from working a job. You become wealthy from earning income from that job, not spending more than you're bringing in and using the excess of what you need to invest and allow it to work for you, Um, whether that be in investments I'm not a big proponent of carrying your wealth in your your house or your mortgage. Um, so I think that you need investments, businesses, other assets and so forth of that nature in order to actually build wealth. So it is the pursuit of creating assets. So let's say someone doesn't have much saved. They're living paycheck to paycheck. What's some practical advice or initial steps that you would offer to get to help someone get in a better financial situation? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would advocate for them to do is to save damn everything else, like save. Because if you don't have money in savings, then you're more vulnerable. You're more likely to find yourself in debt again or a situation or financial situation that's going to put you even further behind. So focus everything you have on saving unless you have a debt that is threatening legal action. But if you don't have any debt that is pending legal action and you can really focus on savings, do that. Once you get at least, um, I say at least a thousand, a thousand is a 
good starting place for an emergency, you know, whether it's your car breaks down or gets towed or something of that nature, but it's not enough for if you were to lose your job. So if you were to lose your job, you're going to need at least one month of your expenses so you can pay your rent until you figure or your mortgage until you can figure out what your next step is or get registered with a ride sharing, you know, company or just something on the shared economy that can allow you to bring money in quickly. Um, so it would start with aiming for a thousand dollars, then aim to have one month of your expenses and then aggressively target debt. Because if you focus on targeting debt first, which is what I did, what a lot of people do, if you were to lose your job or experience an emergency, you're going to go right back into debt because you don't have any money and savings to get you out of that emergency. So what about folks who've, who've saved a little bit, right? It's sitting in a bank account. How should they think about that money? And what are some smart steps to take with that? They should think if they've saved a little bit and it's just like, you know, for their savings, they need to protect it from them. So putting it in a bank account that isn't necessarily easily accessible, doesn't have a debit card attached to it. So you're not tempted to withdraw Mm -hmm. it for non-emergency reasons. Also defining what an emergency is and what a true emergency is um, for you. Everyone has different ones. You know, for me, it could be if my son has to go to urgent care and we need to pay for the medication or pay for the procedure right then and there before our insurance kicks in. That's an emergency for me. An emergency is not a sample sale. It is not my favorite artist going on tour. It is not a vacation. Those aren't emergencies. So it's really important to define what an emergency is and what you're willing to use that money for. So how did you start MyFab Finance? A lot of people I talk to, right, they feel like they have to have everything perfectly lined up before they start a business or a company. And I want to know, how did you launch it? What is it today? And then what advice do you have for folks who also have something that they're passionate about that they want to create? Yeah, I mean, when I got started in MyFab Finance, there were a few insecurities that I had. I didn't come from a finance background. I didn't have an Ivy League degree. Social services was my background as well. So I didn't have a business background or a finance background. And here I was starting a finance business. Um, I was, you know, I had imposter syndrome, insecurities and everything else. And I remember talking to a coach that I work with. And I remember saying like, I don't know, like I don't, my background and everything. And she said, look, people are reading your site because of how you curate information. You may not feel like you're the perfect businesswoman, but you're the perfect person for your audience. And that's what you need to focus on being because as long as you're that, you can grow. You'll learn everything else. You're dedicated to learning everything else, but you know how to connect with your audience. And that's the most important thing. And you're passionate about what you want to do. And so I always joke that the first MyFab Finance blog, well, not joke, I tell people the first MyFab Finance blog, it was hideous. It was a WordPress banner that I designed myself. It was, it was hideous. Like, <laughs> I would never launch anything like that today. <laughs> but I got started and it was my stepping stone. And now we're on our, our fourth iteration of the website and everything else because as you learn and you grow, you have the resources to do more. But if you never get started, then you don't allow yourself the space to create resources so that you can do more. Yeah, we, I say the same thing. It's always about like just start, right? Sometimes we work ourselves up into a frenzy and we make the things so big that we're like, I can't do that. But if you just take one step and then another step and then another step, before you know it, you've taken too many steps. Yeah, like just start. That's mm. that's often the hardest part is getting started. And then there's there's hard things after that too. <laughs> like I'm right. not gonna say once you get started, it all is uphill from there. But I think you build courage. 
you build courage and belief yeah. in yourself when you overcome that initial hurdle that propels you beyond the, the ones to come. Yeah, that's right. You know, bravery is, is a muscle. It is. It is a muscle that needs to continuously be flexed and, and built. And you have muscle memory. You may take a couple of years off. Maybe you're a mother who steps away from the workforce or steps away from your business to focus on your family. Those muscles are still there. When you get back, they're still there. It has muscle memory. And so we just have to continue to build it, but also have the belief and the knowledge that it will come back. It comes back to us as long as we've done it before. So I, I've always had this big hang up about my taxes. Mm. Um, <laughs> never did my taxes. My dad did my taxes. When I got married, my husband does my taxes now. Right. And Again, I think it's because I had this narrative around money and narrative around the fact that, like, I'm not smart enough to do my own taxes. So (laughs) should I do my own taxes this year? And and, you know, what have you heard this before? And what do you think that's about? Well, first of all, I appreciate your honesty and your bravery in saying that, because as a powerful woman, sometimes it is hard to admit that I still don't feel comfortable about this thing, even though I know all these other things. Um, and so thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure other people identify with that. I don't do my own taxes. Um, I hire an accountant. And I think that it's important to know your strengths just because something isn't a strength of yours doesn't mean that you're not intelligent or doesn't mean you're not brilliant. You're great at other things. And there are people who are great at doing taxes and you should let them do them if it's something that you're not comfortable with. But I also think that it ask questions so that you're clued into the process. And so if you're going to have someone else do your taxes, that's totally fine. But ask them, okay, so what is this? What is that? And how do we get to this number? And what about next year? How do we prepare for next year? What is your advice for me to prepare for next year? Um, how can I be more hands-on in the future and so forth? Because there are ways that you can be hands-on but not completely responsible for the process. Um, but yeah, I, I think that for anyone who you know just doesn't feel comfortable doing their taxes, make sure you're doing them. Because there are some people who don't feel comfortable and they aren't doing them. So I commend you for getting them done. But it is okay to hire an expert to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing. Just make sure that they're qualified and that they operate with integrity. I love it. That's really good advice. So how can our listeners learn more about you, about money, and support your work? Yeah. So to learn more about me, you can visit MyFabFinance. It's uniformly branded on all platforms. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MyFab Finance. From there, you can find out what offerings we have. We have our membership club, the Blue Ribbon Club, which was created to help people break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck so they can do more of what they love. So it's structured into this is what you do first. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. It takes the guesswork out of it, out of what it looks like to go along that journey of breaking the cycle. Um, and then, you know, other work, I have other projects that I'm passionate about. If you're listening, you're like, well, my finances are pretty good, you know, but I am also passionate about reducing the maternal mortality rate for women of color. And so my nonprofit, that's a maternal health and education project. It's in my Instagram bio, um, tanya.rapley. You can find out more about supporting that work if you're interested. That's powerful. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. It's wonderful talking to you and you're doing awesome work. So I'm, we're really happy to hopefully elevate what you're doing. That was Tanya Rapley, founder of MyFab Finance. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, make sure to subscribe to Brave Not Perfect podcast. And I would so appreciate it 
if you told a friend about it or shared Brave Not Perfect on social media. That really helps us get the word out. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you in two weeks. Hi, I'm your executive producer, Oliver Ash Klein. Tanya Zaporonik and Charlotte Stone co-produced this episode. And of course, we couldn't make Brave Not Perfect without unwavering support from Deborah Singer and Rushma Sajani. 